la 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 shut up Welcome, everyone, to Episode 5 of Season 1 of the Half-Alive Podcast. We are the Law and Law Brothers. My name is Law. And my name is Law. We are 60-year-old twins with more than a few career, financial, and size challenges. I am a writer with no money. And I am an actor with no money. And our podcast is for people like us who think we can still achieve some piece of our life goals. Instead of giving up on them entirely. Now, La, before we begin, I need to confront you about something. I didn't eat it. No, not that. I don't mean confront exactly, but in episode two, I wrote an audition monologue for you. In episode four, I wrote a story made up entirely of dialogue. I remember. And you butchered both of them, La. Now, I'm not saying that I'm hurt exactly, but I have to know. Bottom line, do you think I suck as a writer? Am I fooling myself? Tell me true. So you say that I butchered your work as an actor. Yes. And then you're asking if you suck as a writer? Yes. Well, I just don't know if the words, were, if the writing was so bad that you couldn't take them seriously and, you know, you hacked away through them. Well, why don't you think my acting was so bad that it couldn't honor your work? Well, I don't think about your shortcomings, only mine. <laughs> oh, no, but that's all you talk about. Whenever we get together, you tell me you tell me what's wrong with me constantly. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> La. It's not a 12-step meeting. I'm just saying. Do I well, do you want to have a serious discussion about this? Yes. Okay. I just knocked my microphone over, so <laughs> if you heard something bizarre, that was me. No, I don't think you suck as a writer. Where does this come from? Because Can you I put that on the, next, on the next book that I publish? Can you put that on the back as a blur? My <laughs> brother does not suck does as not a writer. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose if either one of us were better at what we did, we would have <laughs> gone a little further. I mean, we mm-hmm. always pat ourselves in the back for, oh, we come from this terrible home. We were bullied as children. And look, we went out in the world and failed and came back. <laughs> came back but we accomplished something a lot of people don't even do that so um, yeah. we <laughs> now are you're making fun of, you're making fun of our podcast too la <laughs> uh. oh um well maybe on our gravestones it said in they, spite of their shortcomings they tried they tried yeah they tried so is it I, until I, they gave up and moved gave back up. to schenectady where there's no reason to try. Wait a minute. Get a hold of ourselves. Um, no. I mean, I think if you sucked as a writer, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had the things published that you did. That's true. And if I sucked totally as an actor, I wouldn't have gotten any work whatsoever. Exactly. Because it wasn't my good looks that got me <laughs> no, these jobs. Neither of us were going to get by on those. And you know, La, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I've watched your reel, your acting reel, and I laugh out loud. You're very fun. You're a brilliant comedic actor, which is why I'm like, then you're you're reading my stuff, and it's you know you're you're making a mess out of it. I'm thinking, well, maybe I just suck. <laughs> well, you coached me through it and got what you wanted. <laughs> I mean, granted, the, the, the all dialogue was not the best thing I've ever read, but I don't think, I think that was a very difficult assignment. You don't think it was a difficult assignment? I, it was a difficult no, assignment. Okay. And, but I've read, I don't know where this is coming from. I mean, if anybody, I'm a bad actor. 
<laughs> oh, no, no, no. I insist I'm a bad writer. Well, um, okay. No, I mean, how can we answer that question? I mean, nobody's, I mean, I'm not in a position to hire you anyway. What does it matter what That's I think? That's true. Well, it's just that if, you know, the one person on earth that means the most to me, I just want, you know, if you think I suck, then I'm just going to give up because I know you'll be honest no. with me. And I know that you, you don't just say things to me for, uh, you know, La, when we were kids. And you would write poetry. Do you remember that? Yes. And you know how young kids uh, in from the seventies all loved poetry, right? No, everyone hated it. <laughs> but you wrote some beautiful poetry that I still remember to this day. But I can't remember it right now to recite it. But you wrote is is far back as I can remember. You were you had a way with turning whatever was going on in the house into something more mm, i don't know how to say it more meaningful than it was or oh or thank you la like um you know you'd have a way of even a way of speaking you'd have a way of like when grandma would beat the hell out of us you would have mm -hmm. a way of of um commenting about how the hair fell in front of her eyes <laughs> <laughs> her demon eyes which <laughs> cut off the yellow beam <laughs> shooting into our soul you did write something about it. you remember that i and do. it was really funny and it, and it and you know it made us laugh and it bonded us so I, I think you're a very talented writer i think what got in our both of our way that the way is our personal demons that we couldn't yeah. control yeah i mean how many times now this is episode what we've Five. talked about one of my stupid impulses that you know screwed up whatever chances i had I, I like to think that's it. I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't have any leads in any plays or do any real serious acting since I left Schenectady in the, was the early 80s because I had leads in plays and things like that. And I did some challenging things when I got to California for the next 20 years or so. It was just one-liners here and there. So I don't know. I, I couldn't answer you if I'm a good actor anymore. <laughs> Well, La, they're they're doing a revival of Mame in the uh, in the park in Albany this summer. So Mame, Mame, you could be Mame. <laughs> Is that a horror film? <laughs> yeah. Anti, comma Mame. I don't know. Maybe I'll challenge myself with something like that. And can you imagine not only coming home disconnected to fail, I would go to Albany to fail. I go into Albany, but, and I do have a question about this. this is in, in all seriousness, why can't why can't they do like gender free casting? Why does Mame have to be some big fat woman all the time? Why can't it be a man? And you know, just like with a you know the Music Man doesn't have to be a man; it can be a woman. I don't understand. It's like don't I they have to inhabit the character? It doesn't matter what their gender is. I think they're headed in the right direction. I like the push for diversity that is finally coming. So, so I think can... eventually they will. And okay. why are you so against fat women playing mame? I'm not. It's just that, you know, I'm you saying. You shouldn't have... fat shame. That's true. Fatty. Zaf Zaftig? <laughs> you shouldn't you... fat shame. Fatty. <laughs> All right. So. All right, well, wait a minute. So we need to get you off of this ledge. Okay. Um, because, you know, you're going to continue to write, right? Each week you're going to write something? Well, I am now, yeah, because you've, you've given me a little pick-me-up. I thought maybe you secretly thought I sucked, so. I think you need to go through the grandma's trunk 
if she kept anything. If not, go through this, okay. you know, somewhere and find some of those little bits of poetry you wrote. I about. know I read a, I wrote a poem when Mom died, and I yes. I wonder if I could find that because I mean how yeah. Mm-hmm. And even this, you wrote silly poems about making fun of Dad when his nose would light up red when he would <laughs> yell at us or fall down the stairs. His, yeah. That's true. He did have one of those alcoholic noses at the end. Remember, it was like just this weird misshapen thing. Ah, memories. That brings memories. me back. Memories. So have we worked it out? I think we've healed. Lot. Have we healed? Yes. Let's move on. What do we decide, though? That you're not a terrible I'm not a terrible, uh, and I think you're a brilliant comedic actor. Well, thank you, Lyle. We're just broke. <laughs> well, so. let's then, well, let's, let's move on. All right, gaily forward. So... Our listeners know that we throw the word, speaking of which, failure around pretty liberally in our podcast in describing ourselves, our careers. Sometimes ironically. But I don't think we really think about what that word means. We just assume. So I found a site called BetterUp that has a really good post titled, What is Failure and How Can We Make the Most of It? by Paula Thompson, Eddie. (laughs) Eddie. It's E-D-D. Eddie. (laughs) A doctor of education. <laughs> oh, it's Eddie. Ed D. Ed E D period D. Ed D D. I thought Ed D D was a mistake, so I just said uh, maybe she pronounces her. What if her, what her, if she was a PhD? Would you call her food? <laughs> I thought she was married, and she Fud. kept her name Thompson, and her husband's last name was Eddie, and she spelled it wrong. Her, her husband had a period between. <laughs> <laughs> letters in his name. Well, I may be uh, a good actor, but I'm I'm dumb as a <laughs> dumb as a post, dumb as a stump. So it starts <laughs> anyway, out with um, it starts out with what is failure, right? And the common understanding of failure is setting a goal but not achieving it. Right? That's right. easy. Mm-hmm. Knowing whether or not you achieved a goal is pretty simple and straightforward. But in truth. Failure is often in the eye of the beholder and our parents and our grandmother and the kids at school. (laughs) But perhaps the definition of failure says isn't as accurate and straightforward as we think. So they they suggest something called reframing, which is a technique um, that they coach people in to uh, see situations in a new light. And there you have a bunch of synonyms for failure that we're going to go through now. And I really like these laws. It was a good and find. They, they do. They actually make you think a little bit. Like um, you may f- think you're a failure, but you could just be a novice at what you're doing. Because right. when you're new at something, success is less likely. When you try something new, they say take a beginner's mindset. Right. Which has always been hard for me from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, because I've it's always like, been yeah. embarrassed about being a beginner, and I want to be able to understand the directions immediately. And if I don't, I, I, I get pretty nervous. And I think that I think in the stuff that we do, like acting and writing, you can feel like a novice all the time, right? You can feel like you're starting over it's again, true. Um, that you don't know anything, and uh, maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. Okay, you, know? you could you can learn. So I'm a sixty <laughs> year old novice. <laughs> The other was perfectionism. And I remember years ago, I had another survival job while I was in Los Angeles. And I mentioned to somebody, I think I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) She looks at me and she goes, you? (laughs) But there are different forms of perfectionism, right? There are some people who are perfectionists who don't start anything because they're afraid to fail. 
Um, and then this says perfectionism. If you're a perfectionist, you may label things as failures that are not. Concentrating on small mistake, small mistakes when the end result works out as an example. So I'm wondering, as you're reading that law, the first one was novice. That was helpful. The second one is perfectionism. I'm wondering, is the fact that we don't make any money a way of looking um, at a small... Are we looking at a small mistake and assuming that it's the end result? Like, I, I am a writer, and the fact that I make any money, don't make any money, is that actually technically a small mistake you know the fact that the house is falling down around. well so, yeah it's is a that hard, possible it is possible because you weren't paid for the poetry when you were a kid right 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 i'm still talking about it a hundred years later that's true so was that work a failure and you know the fact is people are still watching repeats of the sitcoms that you were on you, know, you had small parts but you were very funny i made people laugh I you did. made people laugh and you're still making them laugh you know i hope you're getting residuals <laughs> No, no, long gone. No. They, the residuals start out with a like a great big check, and then it kind of whittles down to nothing eventually. And I, I there's I have a whole bunch of checks somewhere in my drawer here of like twelve cents. <laughs> that you, I'm serious. You get a check for like really? five cents, three cents, two cents. Yeah, and, and eventually they stop, and I stop cashing those. So if they say here, as far as perfectionism, you have to ask yourself, have I actually failed? Well, if we take the making a living at it off the table or don't give it the importance that uh, give it all the importance have we actually failed and i would say the answer here is uh, maybe not that's a good question that's a good question anyway the other one is uh system systemic bias number three systemic bias these are practices embedded within a system that disadvantages different groups often people of color people with disabilities lgbtq plus people and more and i would All add right. to that probably people of size yes um yeah uh, disabled when i says people with disabilities um that's a that's interesting because i, I when i first i was never in the closet per mm-hmm. se since we left high school right but when i went out there it was really interesting the theater everybody's flaming right right uh, out there it really was um a lot of the actors and and people behind the cameras were straight and it was a very straight world right and i did try to as one casting director mentioned last week but um try to butch it up a little to try to fit in, and mm. I think there were many times when my gayness came through that I probably lost some work on. I didn't really concentrate. I just kind of give, t- took that as a given. I didn't take that as me failing because I felt I had no right. control over that, really. I mean, I mean, I can spot a gay person at 30 paces. I don't know about you. Well, we so used to be able to, but nowadays it's all mixed up. <laughs> People stay more than 30 paces away from me. And my <laughs> eyesight's so they bad They don't get close now. enough for us to figure them out. But you no, know but I, I, Go ahead. Well, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I insist. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I insist. <laughs> go ahead. Well, I, I don't know if, you know, in writing, if uh, you know, being part of the LGBTQ plus uh, umbrella has made a difference to me but I do feel like there have been a lot of size issues like when I um have tried to you know I plop myself down in offices and they see that I'm you know or when I did they see that I'm really big and I don't maybe dress all that well that it certainly has worked against me and I said and I keep thinking well you're a writer which is writers are always dirty and you know they don't 
sit down all clean and and groomed to type in front of a computer all day but i do feel like it's worked against me it's definitely worked against me as far as getting um gigs librarians um you know booking things for me because i i just i guess i don't it cuts down your 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 marketing value i would think because you're a niche a niche market but yeah i'm thinking that this might not have affected me much but oh my lord especially um in the early 80s when i would go out to auditions and I would see the most brilliant people of color right. who went to Yale, Harvard, who had Broadway credits, who right. uh, incredibly talented people of color who would go in and you know play a maid or be a gang number right, six. Right. Gang, and I think if those people, I mean, they are a perfect example of a systemic bias because if they left yeah. Hollywood thinking they were a failure, they were so wrong. That's true. They just didn't have the opportunity because of systemic bias, which I sure hope is getting less. But but and I, I don't and know remember if, that you had that friend in L.A. I visited you several times, and you had that, she was really large, and she could only go out for parts that were like the joke parts that there were jokes about her weight and she of course you know if a guy was ever interested in her in the you know in the script oh my god was, yes she would go out all the time she would go out for the joke yeah. you know that the, the the heavy girl that that nobody would want to go out with and right. and she had the most beautiful singing voice too oh i remember most that incredible singing voice and i hope i wonder if she i don't know whatever happened to her but i wonder if she thinks she, She's a failure, but I, I, so there's a lot to that. So if, I don't know how it affects, if it, it affected me personally, but if there's yeah, any of you yeah. listening out there that failed and you're a person of color or any, 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 any of these groups we're talking about, you really need to look at this and, and, you know, yeah. redefine what you mean by failure. Cause, because you're not, I mean, I mean, I was concerned about getting the job, but when I was up against a person of color that was obviously brilliant, I hoped, I did hope back then that they would get it and because they were more, obviously more trained and more brilliant than I was, but I didn't see a lot of them getting it. Mm-mm-mm. Well, the next one is ambiguity. And it says, in an unpredictable world, anything can happen. Avoiding failure is nearly impossible in some situations. Reflect whether ambiguity was a case of your failure. And one of the things that I didn't put in here was that uh, they talked about COVID. So, you know, you can't, if everything closed down, including your, you know, your Broadway show or something like that, it was your... your <laughs> Let's open your, a restaurant in 2019. I, I open a restaurant, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you, there's nothing you can do about that. But um, I was thinking about this one, La... Uh, avoiding failure is nearly impossible in some situations, especially the, uh, you know, writing, you know, that I went into and um, acting because there's the competition is so absurd, right? So really, it's almost like you don't, if you succeed, that's unusual, financially anyway. Well, when I was a young man, I used to hate when people said, it's all who you know. Mm-hmm. It's all social networking. It's all, but as time went on, you, you know, you have to be talented and you have to love what you do and you have to, but it is, you also have to be somebody that someone would enjoy working with on set. If I went and gave a wonderful audition and then screamed at somebody about <laughs> something, you, you know. <laughs> When weren't all my farts some fault, 
But you know what I mean? It, it is, I was always very, very uncomfortable in social situations and I didn't network and I didn't market myself. Right. Um, and I, I, I think to be an actor, you, you're in the arts and even a writer, you've got to yeah. be social and not yeah, be afraid to push yourself. yourself forward. And you also right. have to have social skills you know, that would prove to somebody you can get along in a professional situation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So some of that might be, you know, it's just the deck is stacked against you. And <laughs> we you... were totally set up to fail in that <laughs> Especially And I us. mean, looking at it, I mean, I think that is the reason why I didn't work more. I can't, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think, I, I just, you know, I don't know how successful I would have been, but I certainly could have worked, worked more if I embrace the human race instead of the refrigerator <laughs> well you know what are you gonna do so there's this we're wired a certain way I, i'm not i'm not sure we're interpreting this the way the author intended us to but I, I i see something there what about the next one renewed motivation you want to take that one sometimes a small failure can become the setback that sparks a new commitment to a goal the intent is to be resilient in the face of failure so well, how many years have we sat here, stewing, being miserable, and then you had the brilliant idea to actually start a podcast? Exactly. So, I think that maybe Spread it's the failure. Joy. Maybe the failure wasn't exactly small, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was like a new commitment. Also, means maybe looking for new avenues, right? It's not all that realistic that I'm going to find an agent now. It's not all that realistic that I'm going to find a publisher now. But um, podcasting is uh, everybody can do it, and uh, and we're giving it a try. So um, I think that instead of giving into the failure, you know, the, at least the financial failure, uh, we've uh, rebounded in the way that we can. What do you think? I I think that's you nailed it. I agree with that. Now, this I mean, last one, Law, <laughs> this is not something we're very good at. Self-compassion. Well, I have compassion for you. I have compassion for you, but it says show kindness toward yourself. Let me ask and, a question. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference between showing compassion and feeling sorry for? Huh. Yes, right? There is, right? Yeah, there is a big difference. Like, I feel sorry for myself. Yeah, but I have compassion for those wonderfully talented actors of color who had to play the Fuglies. Yeah, well, I have, I have compassion for everybody and everything. I think um, that doesn't irritate me, um, but I do um, pound on myself. I do uh, self-flagellate. That's for sure. Well, that's the point of our game. Um, is it us or them, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's true. It says there's a difference between admitting failure and beating yourself up over it, and we try yeah. to bring out those things that we beat ourselves up for and find out, was it our fault? Was it not our fault? And then let it go. Yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, you know self-compassion, this is the hardest one of this whole list to me, but um, I guess I just have to try it and let myself off the hook now and then. I'm having an epiphany. Oh, but we don't have health insurance law. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Did it pop your epiphany? <laughs> pop my epiphany. Is it, is you know, it most people start podcasts when they've worked all this stuff out. Mm -hmm. So this is a chance for our audience to go through this incredible journey with us as we yes. work it out together. <laughs> so if you have any 
any suggestions on how to get us through this or add to the show, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. For the but incredible trying to, Yeah, we are trying to work it out as we get together. As we, Actually, as the we original Incredible this. Journey the, it was a kid's book, and it was about two dogs and a cat, as I recall. So we just now need a cat. <laughs> two twins and orphan dogs that we find homes yeah, for. Yeah, we do have an orphan dog. Did you hear my uh, my little orphan dog here shaking his collar? I did. Mm. I did. He's adorable. So They're my brother-in-law and I, we have absolutely no money, but when we find a stray in Schenectady, which is not all that unusual, we bring it into a vet. If there's no um, chip... We take it home, clean it up, feed it for a while, and then we actively look for a home for it. And we've been very successful. We have. And if we can't find a home, we find a good rescue for it. So yep. once yep. in a while, we hear dogs barking. That's that's why. That's why. And we always scold each other. Like, how many dogs did you take in this week? La. But, you know, we're just can't hold can't hold ourselves back. Can't help it. We love them. So anyways, La, I think that post is a winner, and I feel somewhat less desperate about my writing career. Good. Oh, what about our survival jobs? We uh, should probably check in on that, right? Remember the article we read last week from Forbes about surviving your survival job, right? Yes, we agreed to try to be less negative, were we? I was. Less negative? Okay, tell. I was. <laughs> Hit it, it is a lot easier, but you know, it's there's such joy in, I, I think you're a negative influence on me, brother. <laughs> and I think you always have been. Because we get well, at least such, I'm good at something. Is it gallows humor? We get such joy about laughing about how miserable things are. Yeah. That I was less negative at work, but I didn't have, I couldn't, there was no time when I, I can't wait to get home and <laughs> tell my brother what happened. I can't wait. But um, I was I less, less negative. I just tried to concentrate on what I was doing and not watch the clock. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Canzanotti said, okay, I need a volunteer. The ice cream machine's breaking down too much because it's not getting the proper maintenance. I need somebody to go through the manual, find out exactly how often it needs to be cleaned, exactly how to do it, and then volunteer to do it. And I'll schedule, I'll even give you a little extra pay if you come in early or stay late. Who wants to volunteer? And you know me, I am out the door in the restroom when any of that that comes up like yep. cool. and i thought well here's your chance to be a star if you can't <laughs> do it in hollywood <laughs> do it in Kansanati's ice cream cleaning the ice cream machine i raised my hand and he goes you <laughs> and i said yes i would like to learn how to do it and he goes anybody else <laughs> It's like choosing sides for basketball, wasn't it, Law? Choosing sides for the ice cream machine. I'd really like to do it. And he goes, all right. And so I did learn how to do it, and I actually, it didn't break, and I felt so sad. I felt a sense of accomplishment that I had learned something new. I'm very bad at at technical things, and I did. And even he said, well, I didn't think you'd be able to do it, but, Mm. you know. It's working, and he walked away. But that's as big as a compliment as he ever had, okay. I ever got from him. Things people say to us. But it, it, God, what do we, do? why am I so ashamed of this job? I have a job. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, but anyway, that 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 I was less negative in that. But I, yeah, according to the Forbes magazine, the article, you did the right thing, right? I mean, it doesn't just focus on what you're doing and and learn something new because it makes it it makes it more tolerable, right? Yes, I got a telegram from Mr. Forbes. Did he you? was very proud of me. <laughs> telegram. But how about was you? It delivered? You? <laughs> it was delivered by by white doves. <laughs> Just like the ark through the, the flying through the window of the ark with an olive branch. This is a letter from Mr. Forbes. Ooh, you love olives too. You cleaned the ice cream machine. <laughs> very well, my son. Next week you can get the grease trap. Oh. And someday, 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 my son, <laughs> I will send you back so you can do this all over again. You can live your second life. What about your job, brother? Were you less negative? I actually was. That's not quite what you think, but you know how I have complained almost weekly about my job. I work at a, I clean at a, uh, very popular department store which is absolutely disgusting it's a horror job and the bathrooms are the worst of the worst of the worst and i just i had an epiphany law despite another having... epiphany <laughs> but we don't have health insurance <laughs> yes well i had a band-aid so i put it on the epiphany and now i feel better so i um was cleaning the bathroom and i thought yeah it's just the hellish job and then it occurred to me I'm doing this for the public, and I understand I'm going to pay for it, but I never do it at home. You know, the bathroom go like three weeks, I never clean. I thought, I deserve a clean bathroom, and it's not disgusting to do my own. And so it was like this, this light bulb went on. I went home that night, cleaned it all up, and I've done it like every two days since. And it's like changed. I'm not sure how to put it exactly, but it kind of like makes me happier that I go in and the bathroom is always clean instead of disgusting. And um, so... I wasn't exactly more positive at work, but it had a positive change at home because I thought cleaning for these filthy, disgusting people. Why should I clean for myself? Is that dumb? <laughs> no, it's not done at all. But I can tell you, I'm starting to get a panic. Why? Um, a panic of leaving the negativity behind. I know when it's part of our identity. It's <laughs> we, we, we we talk about you know the time we're going to help people. We're going to help people get over failure, but we get such joy. That's true. In, 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 I guess, living in that negativity. It's like a magnet. Um, I, when you were talking, when I was talking, I honestly thought like, well, who am I without the negativity? That's true. Well, if we change law, if we have to leave the negativity behind like an old snake skin, we need to change together. What if I outgrow you? You're the only one I got. <laughs> you're the only one I got. I guess get, this, is, this is more serious than I thought, this it is. little podcast. Indeed it is, but it's got to come to an end because we're running out of time. Oh, okay. Well, so uh, next week we're going to talk about leaving negativity behind, aren't we? We are. And who will we be? Who shall we be? Wasn't that Shakespeare? Yes. To be or who shall we be? That is the question. Well, who cleans toilets? Shall we close with a reader letter? Do we have any this week? We do indeed. I, yeah, I need to start reading these before we record, but and time just gets away from me, La. Can you I'm email it to me so I can yeah. see it too? I'm sending it to you right now. Got it? All right. You start. Wait a minute. I have to refresh. Start. <laughs> I have to refresh. <laughs> Don't I have refresh to take a now. shower. All right. Dear Lon La, I've listened to several of your podcasts so far. Mm. Well, good for him. Yay. Yay. And you always bring up being bullied in high school. Well, yeah. oh, 
I know your real names, and I remember you from Bishop Gibbons High School, class of 1980, and I know you two are not the innocent victims you make yourselves out to be. Take it. You say everyone picked on you for being femi and fat, but the way I remember it, you two kind of brought it on yourselves. You were the school weirdos, always giggling with each other and doing strange voices and speaking in your own language. Of course you attracted attention. Well, that's true. It's all true. (laughs) While I never kicked your asses myself, I can't remember wanting to. That's just the way kids are. Maybe the problem was you didn't know how to keep from being targets and kept loudly being your and kept loudly being your strange selves. You remind me of that episode of 30 Rock where Tina Fey goes to her high school reunion to show off being a TV writer to those who bullied her. But instead, they all confront her because she was sarcastic and pompous in high school and they are scarred for life. The difference, of course, is that you two are no Tina Fey's. Sincerely, Since, oh, go ahead. Oh, I don't know. You want to take it? <laughs> Rusty, now Russell, the flagmanani owner of (laughs) Flagmanini's Organic Diaper Services. The flagmanani? The flagmanani. Jesus Christ, how Italian can you get? Well, Rusty, oh, I mean Russell, the flagmanani. The joke's on you because my brother Law and I didn't graduate from Bishop Gibbons High School. Because we didn't graduate from any high school. So there. Yeah. Now, Law, why didn't we graduate from high school? Now, do you remember the specifics? I, I think we were stupid. <laughs> no, don't <laughs> no. go there. But, but it was the gym requirement, wasn't it? We didn't meet the gym requirement. Well, I probably. Think, yeah. That was definitely probably part of it. Um, you know, I think I we only did like one year out of the one year of gym out of the four years. I know. Why did they require four years? So we got one fourth no of it done. No idea. We were obviously perfect physical specimens. <laughs> we might have missed a few math courses here and there, too. Yeah. And we were going to go to college anyway. I mean, no. did I need a Regents diploma to go do margarine commercials? No. Did I need a... Uh, diploma saying that i had taken a dead language like latin to be a writer no so but i don't know you know this guy rusty flangeman panini is does not seem to understand irony law i mean he he seems to think it was our fault well that's called what victim shaming victim shaming rusty do think even though i made fun of you know not having all this worked out before starting a podcast we are trying to objectively present our circumstances without, I mean, we were victims in many instances, but the point of it is to try to, to, I guess, not to, what, not to say, oh, poor me all the time. I don't think we say, oh, poor me. We don't. We We don't owe Rusty. We don't owe Rusty a goddamn apology. You know what, Rusty, you went on to become an, a, a, the owner of an organic diaper business, whatever the hell that means. But and here you are judging don't, us. Don't get him too angry, though, because we're going to need those services very soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, well, Mr. Rusty, can we get a discount for talking about your... your we plugged your, your stupid business. Can we get a discount when we're finally totally incontinent? Um... So well, he, he he's saying we deserved it because we stuck together. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, what do you say, girlish laughter? Well, no, we did voices and we had our own little language and like twins do. And 
<laughs> we were weirdos. But and so but he's saying in retrospect that we should have had some ability to fend things off and not acted like such, you know, what he thought were idiots instead of, you know, us being you know, the victims. You know, you know, well, you, know? you know what? If we coulda, we woulda, Rusty. <laughs> Yeah, Rusty. You we grow still up? can't. Apparently, you want to grow up in in our house, Rusty, with four older siblings and two crazy parents and an insane, <sighs> violent grandmother. Where's mom? Oh, she's hanging herself in the <laughs> cellar again. Where's dad? Oh, he's out with his girlfriend, who's a nun, <laughs> who got, who got pregnant by him. Yeah, she had to leave the order. Imagine that. Or grandma. Where's grandma? Oh, she's making my brother sit on the stove again because. <laughs> He didn't like her. That's sauce. how she teaches. That's how she teaches him about keeping Do away from fire. You still have that scar, the round scar in your butt from the uh, burner. I, well, let's just say some things never leave you. I do. God, she was a piece of work, and there were so, no child protective services then. Anyway, so we don't want to be victims, Rusty. Yeah, Rusty. Yeah, but we, you know, we'll try to change, Rusty. Yeah. So you continue listening to the show. And maybe give us a discount on the diapers when we need them. Um, well, you definitely use them for the dogs that aren't house. Oh, I know that's get. true. This the one that I've got now is just shitting all over the place. Or is it Everyone. you, La, <laughs> sneaking upstairs? <laughs> My toilet's plugged and I can't get it done. So I, I sneak thought I heard those I... stairs creaking. <laughs> Here he comes and then. <laughs> Oh, we've gone, we've gone scatological. Let's let, let's let's take this uh, as a good place to end as any. So uh, next week we have um, our sixth episode, and we are going Yay. to try to uh, be more just as in- informative and enlightening as we have been here, and hopefully we'll uh, do a little artistic uh, creativity in the week during the week. All right. And remember to email us at halfalivepodcast at gmail.com. Indeed. And so, um, write us uh, a, a letter that's a little more Yeah, how about something than, a little bit uh, not empowering? What's the word I'm looking for? Encouraging instead of with rusty money. flangema pan, panzini. Or money. Yeah, we would take that too. <laughs> anyway, we got to go. We'll, I will see you on the uh, on the flip side, brother. Okay, love you, brother. Loves you, brother.